Life Audio. The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. God is inviting us to a relationship where we are more and more dependent on Him, not less and less. And there's something about being adults, there's something about living in this individualistic culture where we believe in our good work, where we believe that we are the masters of our domain, and there's something about that where we can come to God as if to say, God, help me build my kingdom. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I am your host, pastor, friend fellow journeyer in life, Nicole Eunice, and it's good to be together. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for the way that you reach out, the way you leave reviews, passing the podcast on to others. I hope this just is a place where you can come and be in God's Word with a group of like-minded folks from all around the world who are just simply asking four basic questions of Scripture, which is what we do every single time. This idea is really uh, called an inductive Bible study method, and it's nothing new, um, but I did try to liven it up and freshen it up in a book I wrote a couple years ago called Help My Bible is Alive. Um, I consider that book a Bible boot camp. If you are just wanting to get into the Word and feel comfortable with a study Bible, feel comfortable doing a quiet time, and you've either fallen out of that habit or you've never really kind of figured out how to get into that habit, Help My Bible is Alive will help you do that. It is a 30-day challenge designed to help you develop that habit and to give you those practical tools of how do you use your study notes and what are what's with all the cross-references in your Bible and what does it look like to actually just engage in God's Word without somebody else's Bible study, just you and the Lord and Scripture, and use your study Bible to actually learn and make connections and answer the four questions that we ask every week on this podcast. So here's the four questions. First question is, what does it say? This is when we slow ourselves down to make sure that we're actually reading and taking in the detail of what we're reading. And then we ask the question, what's the backstory? What's going on around this passage? What's going on in this passage? There's always historical things that we may not understand at first glance that we can do some study to understand. And we have amazing tools, free tools at our disposal that can help us do that. The third question is really the question of Bible interpretation, and that's the question, what does it mean? And what we know about that is we're looking for the timeless principles that we're learning in the passage we're reading. And by timeless, what I mean is that uh, it's the same principle when it was written to a specific audience um, for a specific purpose. That same principle that would have applied then also applies now. So it's not contextualized. It's not limited by gender or age or demographic or or time period in history. It's actually the, the timeless truth that is above the passage. And then we ask the last question when we actually apply scripture to our own lives, what does this mean for me? How is God using this to shape who I am today? I really believe that we can come to God's word in faith and that he has something for us each and every time we come to his word. Even when we look at a familiar passage that God will illuminate new things to us because scripture is alive and active and we are alive and active, which means both things are changing. It means 
because both of those things are adjusting and changing and growing. And so we can come with that spirit. And that's what we're going to do today as we go into Luke chapter 11. This parable we're calling The Friends. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Verse 5 says this, Then Jesus said to them, and he's talking to his disciples, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, guys, this is a great passage. This is a passage that I think is misinterpreted and taken out of context quite a bit. So I'm excited for us to dive in and dig in and see what we can discover together. So when I ask the question, what does it say in this passage? I really feel like we've got three parts going on, right? First, we've got the first parable, which is this parable about a friendship, right? Then we've got the second piece, when Jesus actually applies the principle. He says the principles. He says, ask, it'll be given to you, seeking, you will find. This is the part that's often taken out of context, right? And we we may misunderstand it ourselves. We're like, why does it say in Scripture to ask and it will be given to me? Because I be asking and God ain't given. You know what I mean? Like all of us have had that experience of being like, hmm, 
wait a second, what is this saying? Because for sure, for sure, when I asked for that promotion, I did not get it. For sure, for sure, when I asked for things to go well with my child, they did not go well. So what am I missing, right? That's what happens when we hear passages out of context. So we want to return to what does it say, right? It's in the context of this story about friendship, the story about audacity. I love that phrase, shameless audacity. And then we get to the bottom, right? And in the bottom, we hear a story about fathers and sons. And Jesus also gives us a principle there. And he says, wait, if you as a father know how to give good gifts to your children, don't you think your heavenly father so much more will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask it? Okay, so we've got quite a bit going on, right, in this phrase. So let's start at the top. Let's start with what does it say in this first parable? So make sure that you understand we've got a few different characters going on, right? We've got two friends. One friend is asleep. The other friend has been surprised by a third friend on a journey. And I want you to imagine what this other friend is doing, right? So this other friend is trying to offer hospitality to his hungry, tired, traveling friend who has just arrived on his doorstep. And in his dependence, in his neediness, he's got to come to another friend to be like, man, you got to help me. You got to help me because I want to help my friend who I have no food for him. And the other friend is like, listen, I'm tired. I'm already in bed. It's, it's, a, it's an, a, a little bit of a conflict. It's a little bit of a back and forth. And the scripture says, hey, he's not giving up. He's not going to get up. He's not going to inconvenience himself just because he wants to. He's going to do it because you keep knocking because you're so persistent, right? So we've got this friendship going on. And then Jesus sort of applies it to scripture and talks about our relationship with God. And then in, in the third round there, the third part, we hear Jesus now once again say, if you're asking for things, do you think that your heavenly father is going to give you bad things? When you need good things, do you think your heavenly father is going to give you bad things? Now, here's my favorite part when we ask the question, what's the backstory? My favorite part of this is that this whole passage comes right after Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray which we did in our last series, right? This, um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He says, this is how you pray. And in the very middle of that prayer is this idea of give us this day our daily bread. And then Jesus tells a parable about bread. He tells a parable about food. He uses food and the basic necessities of life as his next storytelling. So what does that mean for us? Why does Jesus give this story out? I think more than anything, what this is designed to do is help us return to the true dependence we have on God for our basic needs, that God wants to meet us in the human stuff of life, in bread and fish, in our daily human needs, in the places that we're hungry, in the ways that we want to offer hospitality, but we find ourselves lacking all through this. We have this idea that there is this um, familial relationship, that God's using the idea of friends and fathers to help us explain what our relationship with him can be like. And he wraps it all up in saying, the good gift that's given to you is the Holy Spirit. That if you ask, you will receive the Holy Spirit. If you seek, you will find the Holy Spirit. If you knock, the door will be open to the Holy Spirit in your life. So often we think that, oh, this means that I'm asking for these material things. Yes, of course, we do ask for material things. We ask God to meet us in our daily need. But so many of us go beyond that, and we're asking really for wants. We're asking for things that perhaps we don't have the wisdom to know how God is going to turn them out, right? Right. 
We ask for the things that we think will bring full and free life. But the Father in heaven says, hey, like, if you ask for fish, I'm not going to give you a snake. When you ask for good things, I'm not going to give you bad things. And if the good things you're asking for aren't going to turn out to be good things, I'm not going to give you those. We see this relationship developing in this parable where we are getting more and more in touch with how needy we really are, right? And that's and that's the tone of the first story is that the friend who comes to knock on his friend's door at midnight, he was needy. He, he needed help. And he's like, I'm not going to go away. I know it's inconvenient, but I still need your help. I still need you to show up. I still need you to give me stuff. And it says his friend doesn't give it to him, like really even out of the goodness of his heart. He gives it to him because his friend is so audacious. He's so shameless. He just keeps persisting. And I think that that God is inviting us into that kind of relationship with him. He's like, are you shamelessly audacious with me? Do you come to me and you're more and more dependent on me? Friends, so many of us, when we get to this question of what does it mean, I think what we learn overall in this story is that God is inviting us to a relationship where we are more and more dependent on him, not less and less. And there's something about being adults. There's something about living in this individualistic culture where we believe in our good work where we believe that we are the masters of our domain. And there's something about that where we can come to God as if to say, God, help me build my kingdom. And I think that what God is offering us is to say, do you want to come into my kingdom where you are becoming more and more dependent on me, where you are more and more in need of me, where you are more and more aware of how deeply you need me to meet you in your human needs? Because if so, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit on you. And in a daily provision type of way, you're going to move more and more into dependence on me, not less and less. It is our human nature to move more and more toward independence. And I think that this is inviting us to actually see ourselves as people who need to be shamelessly audacious with what we ask of God and actually show up believing that when we ask for good things, God is going to give us the best thing. And the best thing that he is going to give us is the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth, that comforts us, that corrects us, that counsels us. The Holy Spirit is a, a person, it is a person who is engaged with us in our daily needs. And we can be shamelessly audacious with the Holy Spirit. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org study. Again, that's give.cru.org study. 
Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So my question for you when you ask the question, well, what does this mean for me today? Well, the reality is I'd love to ask you, have you found yourself stopping asking God for things in prayer? Have you gotten to a place where rather than being persistent, rather than being shamelessly audacious, you found yourself dreaming smaller dreams or perhaps asking for less because you just think God's not showing up for me? Have you found yourself weary of an answer that you haven't yet gotten? And rather than becoming more and more dependent on God in that place, desiring more and more that God would strengthen you in that place, perhaps even opening your heart and your mind to be willing to receive from God if God's answer is a no, or if God's answer is a not yet, or if God's asking you to lay something down, that you would be open to that, right? Open to the Holy Spirit's leaning. Perhaps rather than being open, you found yourself withdrawing. You found yourself backing away from the goodness and the grace of God. And if so, my friend, I've been there and I know exactly what that feels like. And perhaps today, You're listening to this podcast because God is knocking on the door of your heart and is asking to allow him to give you good things, to allow your father in heaven to give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him. So you can ask God to give you the Holy Spirit. You can ask again. You can ask every day. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily provision. God, I'm going to show up and ask persistently that you would meet my daily needs. Now, I want to invite you to be honest about your daily needs, right? Because there's a lot of comfortable things we may want. But what is it like to to come to God for your daily need and to know that he answers your prayer with a filling of the Holy Spirit? And then that filling of the Holy Spirit will strengthen you, will encourage you, will give you what you need. And that then you enter into a cycle where rather than becoming less and less dependent on God. You become more and more dependent, more and more needy, and that in the love of your Father in heaven, that is actually what he desires. Eugene Peterson says it this way in Tell It Slant. We do not become less needy and less dependent when we pray. We become more needy, more dependent, that is to say, more human. I want to invite you to be the most human you can be with God today about your daily needs. Go to him. Be shamelessly audacious in your desires to know God, to experience God, and to be filled with his Holy Spirit. Go in peace, everyone. Talk next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, 
you can check out our website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.